your computer freezes. A scary message pops up. It says all the contents in your computer, your files, your data, everything will be lost unless you pay a price. And then you turn your head to the next person if you're in an office and they have the same picture on their screen and there's this sense of it's cascading and taking down every single computer and rendering them inoperable and just all they can do is just just tell you to pay money. And if you don't, you might get a phone call like this one. I'd like to notify you that we've downloaded 500 gigabytes of your data from your servers. If you're planning to just restore your data without paying for decryption, we'll sell your company's private data on Darknet. If we leak that data, your business will be as good as gone. We're looking forward to receiving your reply via email. That's ransomware. It's been around for decades, costing companies millions of dollars and a lot of headaches. But an attack on Friday was different. The attack shut down the Colonial Pipeline system, which transports nearly half of the entire East Coast fuel supply. More than 1,000 gas stations across the Southeast ran dry. The most devastating ransomware attack on critical infrastructure in the U.S. to date. How big a deal is this Colonial Pipeline attack in the scope of ransomware attacks? Well, if you need gas in North Carolina right now, yeah, it's a big deal for sure. I mean, but aside from that... Most of these attacks seem very abstract. You know, computer systems get hacked, intellectual property gets stolen, money might be lost, but the physical consequences of it are usually not felt. And in this one, you have people lining up at Costco trying to get some gas. You know, that doesn't happen very often. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Thursday, May 13th. Coming up on the show, the attack on the Colonial Pipeline, the dark group behind it, and the crisis it caused along the East Coast. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Our colleague Bob McMillan has been reporting on Friday's ransomware attack on Colonial Pipeline. What happened on Friday? Oh, I wish I knew exactly what happened on Friday. We don't know a lot about this particular incident. For example, we don't know how the ransomware was installed, but we do know that it took over the IT systems, not the systems that actually operate the pipeline, but the systems that people use to manage the business. Colonial hasn't released many details about the attack, but most ransomware infections follow a similar pattern. Computers go down one after the other. Quickly, the company realizes that it has a big problem, and it doesn't know how big this problem is because the ransomware people come in there ahead of time, they scope stuff out, and then they strike very quickly. But 
the scope of the attack isn't always immediately available. So there was a sense within Colonial, like, of just not knowing how bad this could be. One thing we do know is who carried out the attack. A group that goes by a very ominous name. Their name is Darkseid. Darkseid? A cyber gang called Darkseid. This Darkseid group. Darkseid. And are they like a bunch of hackers in a basement, or is it something more? You know, they've likely made tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars. And when you make that kind of money, you're not sitting in somebody's basement. They put more than a million dollars in escrow in a hacker forum just to show that they were serious players. They're not the most prolific ransomware group that's out there, but they've been increasingly active. And actually, Darkseid is pretty new. They launched in August of 2020. They popped up on what they call the dark web. They use anonymizing software to conceal the location of their server. But it's like a website, basically, that they have that you get by using software called Tor. And they said, hey, we're a new player in town. We know what we're doing. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be ransomware players. Shortly after, Darkseid put out a call for hacking talent on the dark web. They started posting messages in Russian hacking forums saying, we want people to, to work as affiliates, to break into companies and install our ransomware. And we'll do all the hard stuff for you. All you have to do is break in and get the software on the computers. That affiliate model means that Darkseid can effectively outsource the work of breaking into computers to other hackers. So the way the business works is they build the evil software that locks up your computer, and then they, they, they get into these deals with these affiliates who break into the computer systems and then install the ransomware. So they split the profits, but it's the kind of system where you can, you can have like a hockey stick type growth. You know, if you get lots and lots of affiliates who are breaking into lots and lots of companies. That leaves Darkseid to focus on the hard stuff, namely freezing systems, holding them hostage, and collecting a ransom from victims. And if you don't pay your ransom, Darkseid escalates. They said part of what our business is, we're going to not only put the ransomware and make people pay the ransom to, so that their computers work again, we're going to threaten to publish documents that we've taken from our victims if they don't pay us more money. So... This is an extortion scheme. To Darkseid, this is a business. They say they don't have political motives. They're not affiliated with a government or any political groups. They're only in it for the money. So Darkseid's strike on Colonial Pipeline was supposed to be a typical attack. Get inside their system, lock the computers, and get paid without attracting much attention. But this time, Darkseid got a lot of attention because Colonial Pipeline had to shut down. Darkseid tried to walk it back, putting out this statement on their website, which Bob read word for word. We are apolitical. We do not participate in geopolitics. Do not need to tie us with a defined government and look for other, our motives. Our goal is to make money and not creating problems for society. From today, we introduce moderation, and check each company that our partners want to encrypt to avoid social consequences in the future. I'm sorry, what? They're, they're now drawing a, 
distinction in terms of the sort of moral spectrum of ransomware attacks? Oh, yeah. That's part of their business plan. You know, they're the ethical ransomware people. They don't hit hospitals. They don't hit funeral homes. They don't hit government agencies. And I guess they don't hit pipelines from now on. But, you know, so I take that, basically I took that to read them throwing an affiliate under the bus and saying, we're not going to do this kind of thing in the future. But the colonial pipeline attack is having serious real-world consequences. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. After the dark side attack, Colonial Pipeline had to shut down gas distribution. And across the southeast, drivers started lining up at gas stations. 40% of metro Atlantic gas stations were without fuel overnight. In metro Raleigh, North Carolina, that number over 50%. Those gas stations that still have gas are attracting very long lines at the pump. There's long lines in each direction as well. We can't even see where those lines end. Our colleague Val Borline called us from a Sheets gas station in a suburb of Raleigh, North Carolina. She says the scene was chaotic. Honestly, it's bananas. I lost count at 120 vehicles waiting to get into this sheet. There's no movement of these cars. So there's just, there's gas at this sheet, but not very many other places. Val visited about a dozen gas stations. And everywhere she went, she found a similar scene. People rushing to fill their tanks before the gas ran out. Demand was so high that the average U.S. gas price rose to its highest level in six and a half years. You pull up to an empty pump and the nozzle is covered with either like a red bag from a sheet or something or a a garbage bag that just essentially is tied off so you can't use it. There was one printed sign that just said, "Um, sorry, as I'm sure you understand, there's just no gas here. Val talked to a man named Roger Homan, who'd been driving around trying to find gas. Really? How many places did you go? I you went, went to four on Strickland, on Six Forks. Um, and every place I went, they had cones up so you couldn't fill up. After about five days offline, Colonial Pipeline resumed gas distribution Wednesday evening, but said it will take several days to return to normal. And according to people familiar with the matter, Colonial Pipeline paid the ransom. One of Bob's sources said the money paid was significant. Colonial declined to comment. 
Ransomware attacks like this are not slowing down, partly because many companies do pay the ransom. How do companies typically respond to ransomware attacks? Well, about half of them pay the ransom. I mean, nobody knows the real numbers, but, you know, I talked to one cybersecurity company, Bitdefender, who said that it just in their, in terms of what they're saying, about half the time, companies just pay the ransom. I've spoken with people at companies who never even considered paying the ransom. They they feel that it's furthering uh, criminal activity, it's extortion, and they just would not consider doing it. So it really depends on your business and your, your, your individual situation. You know, some people will do anything to avoid paying it. Some people will just consider it a cost of doing business. How much money has been paid to ransomware groups this year? According to the Bitcoin analysis firm Chainalysis, $350 million was paid to ransomware groups in 2020. Now, and that would just be the, the ransomware wallets that they're aware of. The, the actual number is probably much greater than that. This is a growth business. This is a business where the amount of money collected by these ransomware gangs has increased by more than 300% in 2020. It's growing fast. It's like a tech business. Except they're doing something totally illegal. And that's why the U.S. government discourages companies from paying the ransom. The U.S. government's recommendations come down to this. We don't like the fact that you're paying ransomware, but if you've got to do what you've got to do, then that's okay. Ransomware groups can also run afoul of the U.S. government if they do serious damage or if they have entities based in countries under strict sanctions, like Iran or North Korea. The Treasury Department sanctioned a ransomware operator a few years ago, and their name was Evil Corp. So if you got hit with ransomware that was made by Evil Corp., you couldn't pay that. You'd be violating U.S. law if you paid them. So rarely, on, on rare occasion, they'll, they'll actually decide that somebody's so so bad that they need to be sanctioned, in, e- even in Russia. But um, if, if they're Iranian or North Korean, can't pay them. How far could these ransomware attacks go? Well, they're not only the, the one of the most widespread, if not the most widespread cybersecurity incident that just happens to corporate America every day. But they are also one of the most intractable ones. And what I mean by that is we see these things happen. We see companies hit with ransomware again and again. And it always seems to follow a similar pattern. They tend to be companies that don't have the the budget to make cybersecurity, like job one at the corporation. How difficult is it to combat groups like DarkSide? <sighs> it's really, really, really hard because they appear to be operating out of a country that allows them to engage in criminal activity with impunity. They are anonymous. And the market for their product is apparently limitless. So, yeah, it's just it's just a really, really hard problem to solve. We have been hearing for a long time about the cybersecurity threats on critical infrastructure. And a lot of the concern has revolved around the electric grid or the water supply. And here it is, and it's, it's a pipeline. 
I don't know that a lot of people had ransomware attack on a pipeline on their like 2021 bingo card. You know, it's a little bit, it's just unpredicted enough to be obviously what this is what happened. If you know what I mean. Like you always, you always get the attack that you don't predict. That's all for today, Thursday, May 13th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks to LMG Security for providing the audio of the ransom call. Additional reporting in this episode from Dustin Volz. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.